Sit down and cheer. Sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings. Ordering from the B-Dubs lunch menu is like watching yesterday's game recap. You get all the highlights in a short amount of time. You can enjoy those highlights at discounted prices every Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. So grab your colleagues and do lunch the right way at Buffalo Wild Wings. We grabbed our colleagues, a couple of coaches, a couple of coaches here uh, with some big um, things on tap this week. Defensive coordinator Eric Schmidt and our new track coach, Christine Engel. Our thanks to Eric Schmidt. Uh, obviously a big week for you guys. We were just talking a little bit uh, before we came on that, uh, man, you guys are just go, 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 and you guys have moved your practices to early mornings. Um, just talk a little bit about how that changes preparation both in for the whole season and especially for a week like this week. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the biggest thing for us is, is um, just trying to get all of your guys at practice every day. I think when you go in the afternoons and – with labs and, and stuff like that, and uh, especially as guys start to um, start to progress and get uh, you know get older academically, a lot of those classes now show up at you know three, four, five o'clock. You just can't you can't avoid some of them. So now going earlier in the day, we seem to be able to get everybody there. Everybody's practicing every day, and it makes things go a lot smoother. Um, we were talking a little bit about you know just how early do you go? That's always the issue. Yeah. Um, you know, coaches little different uh, lifestyle obviously than the players as far as that and uh, and getting guys and making sure they're sleeping enough and that their lifestyle's right but uh, we tell guys all the time hey man if you're not a morning person it's pretty hard to be a college athlete I don't I think any sport you know yeah. nowadays just the kind of way things are uh, structured so we like it um, you know it's uh, you get a lot more done early in the week I think guys are uh, you know we're less apt to to have to uh, you know make changes and things like that after uh, after Wednesdays, so the guys can really you know Wednesday afternoon, all day Thursday, all day Friday and Saturday before the game can review what you're doing. And yep. Same thing as a coach, you can you can really start to to coach some of the details and the finer points of uh, of what you're doing and, and your plan and all that kind of stuff. So it's been it's been good up to this point, and uh, you know I think it's something that if if uh, if it goes like it has been, that you know we'll 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 stay with this schedule hopefully uh, you know throughout the uh, throughout the, the spring and the fall. We'll get to your opponent here in a hot minute. Obviously, we'll talk a lot about that. But I want to talk about week one. How did you think overall things look for you guys defensively? I know the, the yardage numbers were good. What, 137 they gave up or something like that? Um, the yardage numbers were good. And, and, you know, just kind of talk about overall as a defense, how you looked. Yeah, I think they, you know, they try to do a lot of things formationally. Um, you know, I don't know how much people saw it but they you know they basically never came out and just lined up in a formation and ran a play there was yeah. guys kind of scattered all over and, and then they try to you know put fullbacks yeah. they, they wanted to make it hard to you to find hey where their tight ends were at where their fullbacks were at and all that kind of stuff so even that said though i felt bad for that tailback i mean you guys punished him you yeah guys hit him good yeah we got the quarterback i think a, a few times and that was you know i think um you know probably the hardest part at times I feel like talking to other people when you prepare for our defenses you know it's it's three down linemen so it's always where's the the other pressure guys come which linebackers which safeties what corners all that kind of stuff so um, I thought our communication was good there's some things that we can do better with for sure I think the first game you 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 throw a lot of stuff at your guys because yeah. you're not really sure what you're going to see and, and same thing here it's a new head coach you know he he talked a lot in the uh, you know in the summer about how they were going to change offensively and and they were wide open kind of the year before especially at the end of the season and then you know his deal was hey we're going to run the football and get big and 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 really be a you know protect our defense and and be a Midwest kind of quote football team so we practiced 
you know, kind of everything that we could think of to, to make sure our guys were, were prepared for that. And uh, they handled it all right. I think once you get into into the rhythm and get, you know, into a, a, a couple series, guys start to get things figured out. And yeah. I thought early in the game to, you know, I don't know what our, we were three and out kind of, uh, you know, a few times in a row there to start the to start the game and get our offense out there and get those guys settled in and in decent field position, I think helped. So yeah. um, I think our young guys, you know, if you want to talk a little bit about that, we got enough guys now at corner. I think those guys all played and, you know, you probably see uh, by by no means are they finished products yet, but there's there's length there, there's athleticism there. I'm talking guys like, like Evan Holm didn't even play. You know, he's still right. nursing a little bit of, uh, of an injury, so we didn't really miss a beat. You put Siegel in there, he's he's good enough to be able to hold up. And then behind him, guys like like Sammy Ford played, Caleb Nelson played. Um, trying to think who else played out there too. There was, um, you know, Terrell Jennings was hurt too as well. So we had two corners out, and I think, you know, in years past that's always been kind of the issue is, hey, our top maybe two, maybe three were, were what we thought what needed to be then after that. It was – you know, you're play, playing a young guy that's maybe not ready yet or, you yeah. know, physically ready or, or, you know, mentally he hasn't been in your system long enough to be able to uh, to perform the way you want him to. So I thought that was good. Our our two inside linebackers and their, and their backups uh, played well. I think those guys are veteran guys for us and need to play well. Donnell Rogers, you know, Noah Larson, um, however you say Ty's name now, everybody's been talking about that. So <laughs> Ty's pretty simple. And then, and then uh, and then uh, Cam Hunt too as well. So I, I think those guys are guys that can get off of blocks. They're guys that can, that can, uh, you know, that can bail you out of plays at times too. They're good enough to be able to to beat one on ones. Um, Jackson Turner's good. You know, he's a guy that can rush the passer. I think him and Mason were, were noticeable as far as, you know, rushing the passer no and getting question. after the quarterbacks yep. off the edges and in the middle. Um, good to have Ray back. You know, Ray was back. Ray Haas played, and uh, you know we got to keep him healthy and. And uh, the more he plays, the better he's going to be. Better he's going to be. Jay Lawrence's first season, and, and really since his, he played a lot as a freshman, as a sophomore, and junior has been just banged up both those seasons. So he was he was healthy. So the linebacking core is kind of yeah. what we thought it would be, and and they did a good job. And then uh, you know we're still we're still uh, developing guys up front. Yep. Um, you guys got to see Jalen Johnson, I think, for the first time, and he's noticeable. I think he can play. Uh, so that was good to see. Mason Mason played well. We. We rotate a lot up front. Our our, uh, our our defensive line, I think Mason probably played the most, or Graham DeVore actually played the most plays in the D-line. I was going to mention him. Yeah. I mean, he's a fullback last year, and I think he led you guys in tackles, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's a guy that, you know, and he really wants to do everything right. And, and you know, he's, he's, he's green, you know, as far as yeah. that. The experience is not there, but he just plays really hard. And at the end of the day on defense, he's always kind of had that mentality. Yeah. I think offensively it was uh, – you know, maybe a little bit out of character for him to be able to say, hey, I'm, I'm in a structure and I have to go block this guy every play. Now it's read, react, you know what I mean? Just move your feet and go play. And he's noticeable in all those situations. So He's a guy, especially last year in offense, where if there was a pile, he was in he was in the middle of it. Yeah. Same thing defensively. He's, he's in the middle of a pile. He's a guy that's going to find the ball. Yes, and uh, runs really well. Like I said, he's it, it was uh, – it was a good, um, you know, a good trade, I guess, if you want to call it that. But not only for us, but he's he's going to help our team a lot this fall on defense. He's a guy yeah. that uh, that will be a, a really good player. He's only gonna, he gets better every day because it's, you know, I mean, he's just taking reps and gaining experience and gaining confidence every single day. Yeah, I'm right. hoping he too, he he saw that as a promotion, obviously, yeah. to be part of a UND defense, which is. You know, something that everybody probably wanted to do back in the back in the day. Yeah, still. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I think uh, he he. That's the other positive thing. I, you know, he probably wouldn't. Um, 
um, wouldn't be as successful if he wasn't on board with this thing. But when when it went down, you know, it was it was uh, you know this is what I want, coach, and this is what I'm hoping would happen. And, yeah. And uh, it's been uh, it's been a really good, like I said, it's been a good transition. It's been good for his career too. And I thought he I thought he said it best. We had him on a post game show on the radio, and he said, you know, the biggest change was getting out on the defensive side, and the building's loud, everybody's having fun. He goes, you just run around and play football. He said, this is awesome, <laughs> yeah. and you could just tell it was 100 percent genuine. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. fits in the you know there's there is a difference I think um, when you recruit guys, and uh, and there is a difference I think between the mindset of a of an offensive guy and a defensive guy. I think yeah. You know, on defense, a lot of times you um, you just gotta you gotta solve your problems with aggression, and, and you know what I mean. And really, not that you don't have to think and all that kind of stuff, because you do. And you gotta be able to uh, you know think on your feet in a short amount of time, because like we talked about earlier, you know, there's there's a lot of communication that goes on, especially when teams are lining up and a lot of different things. But uh, but he's gonna be a, a really uh, a big asset, like I said, for us defensively, and and uh, really looking forward to to watching how much he improves here as the year goes along. Going back to Mason quick, uh, obviously every, everybody knows what kind of year he had last year. Now you get a chance to instruct him, you know, moving to the defensive line, being able to, to coach those guys. What kind of special talent uh, is Mason? I know he's probably got a career after, foot, after you know, college if he wants it. Um, one of those things where when you watch him Saturday, I, you know, I, I made a mention to make sure I watched him a little bit on the line. He's not always, you know, finger in the ground. He's he's ready to get after it, you know, all the time. Is that something that you guys want to see out of him? Like, what's what's the game plan with Mason? Yeah, we're gonna try to move him around, um, you know, as much as we can. Like like this week, he'll probably line up on on, uh, you know, probably four out of the five offensive linemen, in uh, in especially in in in, um, in passing situations. You know, he's he's as talented pass rusher as you know I've been around it now since uh since the late 90s and and, and there's a, a, a little window in there there where I probably don't have uh, a huge gauge on a guy like a Ross Brenneman or those guys you know as far as what his talent was like but in that time you know in the last 25 years he's right up there as far as a pass rushing talent I mean, he's 265 pounds now and and he's a twitchy kid and and uh you know thing I think I appreciate about Mason I think a lot of guys in our locker room and then people that that know him, whether you're, uh, you know, one of his professors here on campus or a fan, is he's a really humble guy. You know what I mean? Like some guys, they get kind of prideful and stuff like that. The the older they get, and you know, the more the more press they get and stuff like that. He wants to get better. Um, he has no, uh, you know, no ego or anything like that. He's he's he'll do the little jobs. He'll do the, you know, whatever you ask him to do, he's going to do. And he's and he's really wants to get better yet he's not a guy that that thinks like hey man I, I know everything about the game and, and all that kind of stuff so I like his approach his demeanor the way he goes about it and then he's just productive right now you know what I mean I think that's the sometimes it's you know you, you look for that in recruiting all the time like hey the offensive lineman knows you're coming and you know we're not going to beat the guy with scheme we're not going to you know you're not going to come through you just have to you, you got to go win a one-on-one and yep. he's he's just been able to do that here late in his career on a consistent basis so yep. I'm uh same thing. He's one of those guys, you know, you always look at certain guys that like, hey, um, you got to take care of him, you know, uh, physically because when he's on the field, we're a better team. So I think that's yeah. that's something that's important here throughout the entire yeah. year. Our stat geek, uh, Alec Johnson, was just <laughs> reminding me that we were talking about guys in the last 25 years. ZBJ was a guy that came to mind right away. Like, he just found a way to get to the quarterback. And, and yeah, he's actually tied with you now uh, is Mason uh, in terms of, career sacks at 16 and a half so obviously mace has got a long way to go here with uh you know how many games you guys have left on the schedule plus playoffs 
So, you know, like, yeah, it's got to feel good to be able to coach a guy like that as well. Yeah, you just stay out of his way for the most yeah. part and, and try to, you know, like I said, you don't overcoach him. Mean, he's got natural instincts yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. He's, he's um, like, the, the thing you try to do with him is just emphasize, remind, uh, you know, keep him on task, keep him focused because you're not going to get like that guys like him every year, you know. So you want to make sure when you do have guys like that that you get every – ounce of their greatness you know that while you have them here that's and that's what, that's yeah. what we try to do um with him and like i said i'm looking forward to this weekend they get there's there you know there's a, a good left tackle um that that uh that he'll be playing um so it'll be uh it'll be one of those matchups within the game that'll be fun just to kind of see you know when you get back on on sunday to see kind of you know how that all went down and, yeah. and and how that battle uh how that battle went on on saturday afternoon you know, I'm interested. One of the big storylines, of course, going into week one, what Danny was going to do on the offensive side. With your guys, is there kind of a mindset or mentality with uh, them getting some of the attention of, hey, maybe uh, let's go out and turn some heads too, make sure we're not forgotten about? Uh, not really. I think, you know, we all that stuff, I mean, if you really – I mean, maybe kids get, get that way, but as far as, like, you know, we're here to – when we want, obviously, to win football games. Yeah. So, you know, however we do it, if it's – 49 47 or 7 yeah. to 3 man it's you know you feel a lot better when the scoreboard's uh, your favor so i think we always have a standard here you know we we think we've played pretty really you know really good defense for a number of years um you know minus 2017 you know we've we've i think uh put a pretty consistent product out there and our guys are you know we push them we we practice fast every day you know what i mean and those guys i think uh you know there's an expectation when they take the field that no matter who we're playing, that we can go out here and, and, and play well and, and win. And I think, uh, you know, that's that's always going to be the case here. We're going to make sure that uh, that we do everything in our power to, to, to get the ball back to the offense and get it to them in the, in the best situation possible and, and try to, uh, you know, when there is a, a situation where you have maybe a, a change and, and, you know, there's maybe going to be a, a little bit of early in the season, whatever you want to call it, rust or, you know, newness to it, that, hey, we can be the – we can be the pillar there, you know what I mean? And, sure. and you can count on us uh, to be able to keep us in games. And, and that's how it's going to be, you know. I mean, you can talk about it, but we're going to go on the road in a, in, a, in a pretty tough environment. And early in that game, we better be really good on defense, yeah. you know, because offensively there's going to be some adjustments that need to be made, and they're going to play, and, you know, it's going to be loud, and, and they're going to, you know, they're going to have to see what's going on on their side of the ball. So we got to go in there and, and really be, uh, you know, be sturdy early in the game. And uh, even in, in 15 when we went down there looking at it, you know, it was – I think it was three nothing after the first quarter that we were winning, you know. So the second quarter got away from us a little bit. I didn't think we played very well, and, and they hit some things uh, kind of back to back to back. And then in the second half, we, we, you know, there was a couple penalties in there that hurt us, but it wasn't like it was just, you know, we were, you know, getting dominated. It was, uh, it was, it was, you know, we played, we did some things that were pretty defense, pretty decent defensively in that game. So it'll be important for us. Uh, on Saturday to play well early, especially, and just kind of get your feet going, and, and uh, you know try to get some field position, and and, and uh, you know just just kind of get settled in more than anything else. I'm going to challenge you on that scoreboard comment. Like you say that you <laughs> you, you can win 49, 47, seven to three. You don't care. I'm going to take you back to 2001. You guys are playing UC Davis, 14 nothing. Offense gives up a late safety. You want to tell me you weren't ticked off that you gave up a late <laughs> safety just to make it 14-2? No, no, I wasn't. To be honest with you, I mean it was. I don't. I don't look back at it now and say, "Hey, you know, what I mean that that game was fourteen to two or fourteen to nothing, yeah. you know, type of deal." Yeah. So, 
You don't get a little extra pride though if there's a big big zero at the other end of that. Well, I think you, yeah. I mean, we we the expectation was, you know, we we kept telling our guys, you know, as our offense started to get rolling in the third quarter on Saturday was, you know, you start to play a few more guys and you want to manage and make sure you protect the guys and and not just, you know, like a guy from Mason, like halfway through the third quarter is like, hey, you're not going anymore, and we're. You know, it's 29 plays that you've played already, and it's great that you only had to play that many plays. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that, that ain't going to be the case now here in, in some of the bigger games that we're going to play out there. He's going to play probably 45, 50 plays, and you keep doing that week in and week out. You start to, uh, you know, lose a little bit as far as how your body feels and, and how well you're moving and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, it's it's the standards there no matter whoever we put in. And I think the good part about that game is we played a lot of guys. So, you know, you're not going to throw a guy in there now this week that, hey, the first time he's been on a college football field, this play was was really important. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, it was win or lose off yep. of this play. We were to play some guys, and when you're up 20, you know, 25, 30 points, it's it's kind of a different, you know, you can at least breathe out there and and, uh, and, and your back's not up against the wall type of deal, uh, you know, when they get out on the field again. Yeah. So now when you when you look at this week, you can spin it several ways. Obviously, you know, we're going in number one. You've got uh, some young guys that maybe – Aren't as familiar with the rivalry. What do you? What kind of message do you have throughout the week to kind of prepare, but not maybe get guys a little too overamped? Yeah, I mean, our our approach is, uh, you know, as vanilla and as cliche as it sounds, is it's day by day. You yeah, know, what I mean, day. like this whole, the, I, you know, you guys. A <laughs> new day by day was coming. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody wants to talk about like. Uh, you know the the moose deal that happened i mean i think it have probably we could have been practicing out there and like we don't know what's going on outside of our own bubble you know what yeah. i mean right now so it's just like uh it's another game for us as far as uh, to prepare for i mean do we hear about this one in the off season does it mean a lot i mean i think every yeah no question about it you know what i mean this is this is important game as yeah. far as uh you know i mean it's important in recruiting it's important in a lot of different ways as you want to look at it but yeah. at the end of the day you know, what I mean, there's still going to be what is it nine left after this? Yeah. You know, what I mean, regardless. And Bubba so. keeps saying opportunities, yeah. eleven yeah. opportunities this season, and oh, this is another one of those that right. Know, so really I, help your resume. I think it's great for the fans. I think it's uh, you know it's great for the state. It's going to help football in our state. You know, one thing I'll uh, I always go back to. I think that I remember talking to uh, to Dan Schmeeker at, at St. Mary's the first year we got back from so probably 2014 or 15, and he's like, hey, whatever you guys can do to bring this game back because it's hurt high school football in our state. He goes, it's just that the kids don't have anything to look forward to as far as that game anymore. Wow. And I thought, I thought that really hit home with me because he's yep. been around it since the early 70s. Anybody that knows Dan knows that he's he's coached there a long time. And for him to say something like that, I think it, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty important for the game of football and especially for the game of football in the state of North Dakota. I think more than just the game, obviously the game makes a lot of difference, but the fact that when you guys get, next year get in the same league, now it's every game you're comparing yourself right. you're in the standings like every game is going to matter next year yeah and then you know you're you're you want to keep building thing this thing and building this thing and obviously you know um get to a point where hey you know we're we're this game means something in the conference standings yep. it means something in the playoffs and you know what i mean all that kind yeah. of stuff and I now just, you're now what, you're paying attention to what they're doing as well a fan from a fan perspective right, you know right. normally maybe we don't care much after that we're done with them but right we're gonna next year right. yeah. no doubt yeah. that, and that that's the that that'll be the i think the the final piece to probably getting this back to maybe where it was is is you're in the league you're battling for the same league championship you're yep. battling you know the same teams all that kind of stuff i think that'll That'll really change it, I think, for our players even more than anybody else, just to, to, to have those guys now as a league opponent. I think what's been hard for fans through this transition where we're, we're in different leagues 
it's a lot of apples and oranges. You know, the Big Sky Conference does things a lot differently than Missouri Valley Football Conference does. So it's been a lot of, you know, arguing on both sides yeah. uh, what's better. Now it's just going to be you're in the same arena, go. <laughs> right, yeah. no doubt. All those, all, all the uh, conversations and all the, um, you know, the what ifs or, or what would happen and all that kind of stuff, you get, you get, you get answers now yeah. to your questions yeah. all the time. So it'll yeah. be, that part will be really good. Yeah. Uh, just a few quick things before you let you go. I know you're busy. Um, favorite Bison memory? I know you had three wins in that series, but is there one moment that sticks out? Um, you know, I, I just remember going down there as a true freshman, uh, not as, as a redshirt freshman, and uh, I remember they ran a reverse. That, uh, that that was probably the first big play maybe I made in, in, uh, in my career. They ran a reverse my way, and and uh, and we stopped it. And then that was the game that, uh, that Klein Saucer um, you know, had the big catch and ran down the sideline and uh, ran down the field, and they couldn't catch. It wasn't him even a that. big catch; it was a slant route yeah. that he turned into. <laughs> yeah, it house was, money. I mean, it was unreal. It was. Uh, it was. He was obviously a, a you know a creature compared to everybody else yeah. that was that was on the field, and, yeah. that, and that included the guys. He was on a our specimen. Team. I mean, yeah. for you sure. Yeah. So that game was uh, was really special, and I just remember too as our senior year, uh, 2000 the 2001 year, we played them, and it and uh, you know I don't know how many times they cross midfield that day it was a pretty dominant um, defensive day for us that day I think it was I know the game was probably like um, I don't know if it was 21 to 7 or what the final score I know they, they scored seven points but they got I think that was, was the only time 19-7 all right yeah and I just remember <laughs> it being you know they they had a really good running back at that time too I think it was uh, Lamar Gordon Lamar Gordon yeah and uh, you know, in his career, I remember. I think we were the same age. He never four games. He never scored a touchdown. I don't think against UND. Nice. You know, so um, so that, that he was, was a Harlan Hill finalist guy. I mean, he was legit. He was yeah, good. yeah, yeah, good player, really yep. good player. I think he, he backed up Marshall Falk. I think for the Rams for yep. a little bit when he first got done, um, first got in the NFL. So, so yeah, those are probably some of the memories. Obviously, the you know the one we lost down there was really tight. I think it was 16-13 uh, in 2000. And uh, and and that was uh, you know that was one year that that we didn't make the playoffs when I was here. So that was, you know, you get back to the league talk and all that kind of stuff. That's going to be a huge game every year if you want to make the playoffs and kind of reach your goals and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, those are probably some of the ones. You know, the first one that you get to play, and I think is one you always remember. And then the last one is is always uh, you know when it kind of went down the way it went down and and how everything turned out at the end of that year. That was probably one of the the two or three games that we look back on and said, hey, we knew we can be maybe a national championship team just based off of the way we played in, uh, right. in that game. So I guess lastly for me, whether it's somebody that's, uh, you know, in the program on your team, somebody that doesn't know a thing about North Dakota, North Dakota State, you got the chance to send one message, tell somebody one thing to really look forward to on Saturday, what would that be? Uh, don't listen to the guys behind you, <laughs> behind the bench, man. Just pay attention <laughs> at what's going on in the field. So it'll be, uh, it'll be a, a great environment, um, you know, similar to what I think what it is when an opposing team's coming here, you know what I mean, and in our behind our student section and stuff like that. So um, just enjoy it, you know what I mean? That, that's the one thing. I think uh, you build this thing up too big and all that kind of stuff. It's just, uh, you know, just go out there and, uh, and really enjoy it. There's, you know, I'm just really excited that, you know, we get to play, uh, you know, uh, being a North Dakota guy, that you get to play North Dakota, North Dakota State now every year. And, uh that's why guys come here. You know, that's why uh, we always feel like, hey, we tell guys recruiting football is important, you know, at the University of North Dakota and in Grand Forks, and and uh, they'll know why. I mean, it'll be – you, it'll your your hair will be standing up on the back of your neck about, yeah. you know, whatever time we get going on Saturday, every player will be. It'll yeah. be really, really fun, and uh, and our guys I know will be, uh, will be excited for the opportunity. 
Coach, thank you for the time. Best of luck this week, and hopefully uh, you're you're just as busy next week with all these media requests. Sounds good. Thanks, Appreciate guys. Appreciate Thanks. the time. Thanks, yep. buddy. Christine Engel joins us. She is our new head track and field coach. She's also going to be our cross-country coach as well. So a little bit uh, of a change in philosophy there. We'll start right away with uh, with how things are going here in terms of your team. Um, so obviously a little more emphasis on distance as we transition from the Big Sky yeah. to the Summit League. And, you know, just talk, talk us through a little bit about what the direction of the program is going to be under your leadership. Sure, yeah. Um, so obviously you kind of hit on it. They're, they're wanting us to, you know, be a little bit more successful in cross country and in the distances. So we're putting a little more, a little more resources in that in that area. Um, you know, obviously we're still going to have all the, all the events covered when we when we hit the track. But we're just hoping, to obviously, uh, in the next years, um, really develop that distance program in the fall and for cross country and and hopefully be in the hunt to win some championships on the on you know the men's and the women's side. So. Yeah. So people that don't really follow track or cross country, the Big Sky Conference was where yeah. it was. At in terms yeah. of cross country because you've got northern arizona they're mm -hmm. in the you know they're up in the mountains they can train like that and you know we just we're we are not in the mountains right. it's a, uh, what kind of challenges does right. that have for you in terms of uh practicing your team getting them ready to go yeah i think i think wherever you coach you know in any school has things that you have to overcome whether it's um extreme heat extreme cold um you know lack of lack of hills um you know, some schools are at altitude, which can be an advantage for distance running training. Yeah. Some are not. So I think wherever you coach, you kind of adapt um, as a coach and kind of modify your, your training philosophy a little bit and what you're going to do on a daily basis. But um, we did find some hills. Uh, there is a, a park <laughs> not too far from here, uh, Turtle uh, Turtle River Park, yep. um, which um, we had our uh, actually just a few days ago, our, our long run at. And, and there are quite a few hills there. So uh, yeah. we did get in a really good, strong long run on Sunday. Yeah. with some, some good hills but you know you're right on a daily basis at, at UND here yeah. at the school um you guys working out that overpass flat. right by us <laughs> right yeah yeah so uh you know we're, we're adding in that park and then uh but yeah there's there's definitely uh some things that we have to overcome in that area yeah yeah when you sure. you know you talk about what you have to do in preparation I'm interested is there an effect on that on the recruiting side because you know when you're going out to get kids yeah. that you're going to face these challenges yeah, when they come to yeah. campus. Yeah, I mean, I think you obviously, with anything, you put forth your strengths and, and uh, you know, as a coach and what you have to offer um, as far as resources at your university and facilities, which we have an abundance of. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, and academically, obviously. So sure. we, we definitely um, hype up all our strengths and, and talk mm -hmm. about those. And, and then, yeah, talk about what we're going to do to overcome maybe some of the things uh, and some of the challenges that we have. So for sure. So what kind of difference? maker then is the high performance center obviously I don't know what you've had at other schools but yeah. that this is certainly one a different one in terms yeah. of where we're at at our level oh yeah it's ridiculous I mean yeah. it's an amazing facility it's one of the best in the NCAA by far um, so it's it's obviously going to be a great resource for you know our team to train in but also a huge recruiting tool um, you know I even know for me when I was going you know, looking at the position at right. my position, it was it was huge, mm -hmm. and and uh, you know, just seeing the photos. But when you walk in, it's a whole different ball game. You know, it's yeah. it's really a great facility to train at, to host meets. Um, yeah, it's it's a great facility, and you know, obviously, I've been at a lot of indoor tracks. Um, you know, with with prior teams, and and this one is definitely one of the best in the in the country for sure. And you talk about uh, you know looking at the high performance center when you're looking at 
pursuing the opportunity yeah. here. What else led you to come to, to Grand Forks? Obviously, they didn't mention getting to hang out with Mitch and yeah, I on a Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, that's but. super. <laughs> that would have just sold me right off the bat yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, when I started doing, uh, you know, some research on it, it, it just seemed like a really attractive position. Um, you know, obviously, I had been a head cross-country assistant coach for um, – you know, over 10 years, and it was really an opportunity for me to be, you know, a head coach of an entire program, which um, I kind of felt like I was ready for, sure. and it would be a good step, and, you know, they were looking for someone that had uh, a real st strong distance background, which which I did, and uh, yeah, the, the indoor facility, the high performance center was definitely attractive, also the, um, you know, the extent of uh, really strong academic majors, which I really felt like it could be a really strong place to recruit to. You know, sure. obviously track and field, cross country runners um, are usually pretty high on the academic side. Yeah. So that's a huge <laughs> thing. Um, also a slew of really strong graduate programs. Um, so yeah, all in all, and, and just felt like when I got here, uh, Grand Forks in general was pretty cool to me. Uh, you know, I really <laughs> liked uh, the downtown, certainly the Greenway, mm -hmm. um, both from a personal level and, and obviously with the team, bringing them sure. down there to train. So I, I really felt like it checked all the boxes of, of what I was looking for. I wasn't looking just to just to take another position. I wanted it to be, be somewhere where I really felt like we could develop something special. and. Um, that I could grow in and, and you know, obviously be happy um, in my real life, too. <laughs> so. <laughs> so for our fans, you come to us from Fresno State. I did. Uh, previously, you were at Duke and Elon and started at San Francisco, yep. if I'm correct. Yep, and there was um, a stint at Columbia. Columbia as well. Too. Okay, yep. so <laughs> not many northern schools in there. So yeah. what, what kind of challenges is that going to be? Or will it change your recruiting philosophy yeah, to yeah. have a northern school? You know, um, I, I have dealt with snow and cold, not to the North Dakota extent. <laughs> but, I you know, I did grow up in New Jersey and, and you know, did have uh, experience shoveling tracks so I could get out there and do my workouts. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I um, you know, definitely you look at what would be um, at each school, you kind of look at where your recruiting zone would be. And certainly here at North Dakota, we want to obviously be, we are the university of North Dakota. So we want to make sure we're, we're recruiting the in-state kids for sure. And, and, and keeping, uh, keeping the talent here and not, you know, an hour down the road. So we, we definitely want to recruit North Dakota, you know, certainly South Dakota. Our roster right now has a slew of Minnesota mm -hmm. um, athletes. So, um, you know, keeping with that trend, uh, Minnesota has some great talent as well for track and field. Yep. So keeping with that. Um, yeah, Midwest, um, I, I think the very Northeast of, of the country. But, um, you know, also with, with the academic majors that we have, we're going to draw kids that um, maybe come from not your – um, what you would expect, you know, certainly yeah. with aviation being one of the best schools in the country, we're really going to draw kids from, from every, every realm, every region of the country. Yeah. yeah. You've got a meet under your belt already. We do. Kind of uh, assess where you sit after one week. Yeah. So kids have been back for a couple weeks, and then uh, or they were here for a week and a half, and then boom, we're, we're racing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's I, I always feel like, you know, every season that first, first competition is good for information gathering and, mm -hmm. and kind of, uh, you know, for, for some, it, it reaffirms a really good summer of training. <laughs> for others, maybe, uh, you know, you, you had some holes, you had some pokes in that summer of training, and, <laughs> right. uh, you know, you can't fake it in our sport. You can't yeah. fake it in distance running. So a lot of that, you know, comes to light. Um, so we know where we need to go and, and uh, um, 
you know, I think the kids are really motivated to improve. Um, you know, it was for a lot of people, it was kind of what I what I expected, um, and then and, and then for others, uh, definitely surprised me and showed a lot of toughness in the race. So we know where we're starting from, and uh, you know, we know where we want to get to, and so we we um, you know focusing on our process goals, not just the outcome goals, but what how we're going to get there. What are we going to do on a daily basis to you know get better each week? So those are the things we're trying to just break it down. Is that what you try to do in the first meet is just kind of establish a baseline? Here's where we, we, we were at over the summer. Yeah. Here's where we were at, and, and this is where we move forward. Yeah, from. absolutely. You know, obviously with me just getting here this summer, you know, obviously talk to them about what they needed to be doing over the summer, you know, each week from from a intensity standpoint, from a volume standpoint. But, um, you know, a lot of them are doing it, you know, they're all on yeah. their own. You know, they don't have a coach with them. A lot of times they're they're back at their, at their hometown, so they don't have anyone to run with. And, um so a summer can be long. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they get back here and it's uh, um, definitely, I think, you know, having that structure of, of now practice, having teammates, um, you know, holds, them, holds a lot of them to a higher standard. Yeah. I'm sure you're seeing in the community uh, what a UND NDSU rivalry yeah, is about, for sure. uh, just based on the football game here. For sure, uh, is that something that can translate to your sport as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yep. I think being being in the Summit League um, is going to reestablish all of those track and field cross country rivalries, and um, I mean, we're you know college athletics is all about competing and so rivalries are what college athletics does best and to have um those rivalries reestablished, um you know uh between you know ndsu and even the dakota schools i think is only going to be great for our sport and and hopefully dig out um you know when we're you know in, in, in races with them, you know, having some more diving to the finish, <laughs> you know, to be to beat a competitor a little bit more at stake when it's a rival. Mm -hmm. um, I always feel like so. Yeah, hopefully it'll draw up a little even a little bit more grit when it comes down to race time. So we know you got practice this afternoon for for some and, and self included aren't maybe familiar day to day with yeah. the cross country track and field. Yeah. What's a normal week like for you guys practice wise? What's that yeah. routine like? Yeah. So um, right now um, um, it's just cross country training. Sure. Um, track and field begins their eight hour weeks um, actually this coming Monday. Okay. So they'll they'll start wow. to get it rolling. Um, but yeah, um, yesterday we had um, you know a harder workout session so sure. to speak, and so today is more more of a um, just an aerobic run um, kind of an easier paced run but um, yeah we do we do a couple hard hard sessions a week we do a long run have some recovery built in uh, we're in the weight room two times a week so um, you know I think I think you always have to find that balance of, of working hard and and getting the job done in that uh, so to speak sure. um, but also taking a step back and recovering and allowing your body to absorb the training load and get stronger so you know making sure that you're working hard but adding in those you know, recovery pieces as sure. well is really critical. Yeah. So, well, to the important things now, uh, you <laughs> ran, you ran at Clemson. I did, right? I did. And okay, so around here we say Bison, even yeah. though it's B I S O N. Yeah. How do you say Clemson? Clemson. With an S or with a Z? Uh, Clemson with an S. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that's not how people are going to say it around here. <laughs> that's yeah. all right. Clemson, yeah. Towson, Bison. Yeah. That's kind of how it is around here. So yeah. if anyone says Clemson, and yeah. you feel disrespected, nope. just know yeah, that please. that's how we say no, it. No, right? I'm fine. Yeah, as long as they say it and then say go Tigers, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right with me. And give, <laughs> it about, give it about six months and she'll conform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Has anybody actually, that's a, that's a funny way to transition here. Has anybody s seen you 
um, since you've moved here and noticed a change in your in the way you talk yet. I don't. I it's going to happen. I'll tell you that. No, right now. but I have thrown in a, a few. You betcha. Says the yeah. Floridan. That's our <laughs> producer. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely. Yeah. See, she's uh, already yeah. there. Yeah. I've thrown a few uh, yep. you betchas out there, and uh, uh, you know a few things, but. Um, yeah, I, I feel like for myself, I've lived in so many different areas that uh, at times probably my y'alls come out from being in the South and definitely my jersey my jersey comes out in my voice at, at points so yeah. uh I'm, I'm i guess depending I'm, on your mood probably right uh, jersey oh, probably comes you, out you, when I, you're a little upset yeah you hit the nail on the head i wasn't gonna say it but uh, yeah <laughs> for sure yeah it's <laughs> subtle too because you think you'll be doing so great and then you get home and yeah. you realize you're putting ranch on everything yeah and, right and all of a sudden the transition is complete i don't know i'm a blue cheese girl so <laughs> okay all right well. yeah awesome. well we appreciate your time thanks for taking uh time with us and uh we wish you the best of luck here both uh, at North Dakota, just uh, transitioning and, yeah, and getting I appreciate that. It's, acclimated it's been, to us. And it's been great. You know, we bought a house down, uh, you know, close nice. to the Greenway. Our dogs are loving it. So like The Chamber of good. Commerce is loving this interview right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> just pouring the butter on how great Grand Forks Oh, we love it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's been yeah. great. And, uh, you know, just uh, the downtown, a lot of good restaurants and, yeah. you know, in Grand Forks and then across the bridge and you know, I love that. We'll, we'll, you know, just walk across the bridge and we'll, let's go have uh, dinner in Minnesota tonight, you know, yeah. or whatever. So yeah. it's, been, it's been a great summer getting adjusted to obviously the job, but also, um, you know, the, the town, the city in general. So, yeah, somebody yeah. that my family is a track family, so we yeah. certainly uh, keep our eyes yeah. on, on what's going on. So yeah. hopefully uh, a lot of success to your, to your crew. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate <laughs> it. You bet. Yep. So, yeah, a couple of uh, coaches here, uh, big weeks for both. Obviously a huge one for Eric Schmidt and his team. Um, Bubba Schweiger always wants to talk about opportunities. Yeah, that's a big opportunity for them. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, give Schmidt credit because you've got to have the company speak throughout the week, but you know they're ready to go. I oh, mean, yeah. Saturday morning can't get here quick enough for this these guys. This one's been circled since 2015. I Maybe mean, the guys were not even – on campus yet, yeah. and this one's been circled. So maybe they're a little bit happy that there's a moose to kind of break up the monotony of oh a rivalry week. If you okay, can, if let's you can talk use about the, the moose. If you can use the phrase monotony when it comes to rivalry week, but so the moose. I mean, it was a cool story, but at the same time, like it had a, it had the opportunity to not end well. So everybody was kind of right. on pins and needles, and we liked the the playfulness of it. Yeah. Everybody thought it was kind of cool. It, yeah. Like it got some national uh, recognition. My phone and my emails were blown up yesterday with. Things that I didn't think I'd have to talk about. Right. Talking about the Chahinkapasu and, uh, like, <laughs> you know, is is the moose, like, contained? I I don't know. Right. I, yeah. I mean, I can tell you who, uh, you know, who's playing on the team. I know what numbers they are. I I, I was not prepared yesterday, let's put it that way, to field moose calls. No, a lot calls. of people are worried about what's going on with Brady Oliveira. <laughs> right, you know? Exactly. What do you mean there's a I moose was not ready for moose calls. Anyway, yeah, yeah I think it just kind of goes to prove that you never know what's going to happen in uh, the world of college <laughs> athletics. <laughs> and thankfully, guys like you and I are here to keep it serious and talk about it in a very professional manner. Well, and we are happy to announce that the moose has made it. The yes. moose is officially again loose, yes? Yes, in the wilderness. Yeah, out town. in the wilderness. So, made it yeah. for... Waited for Grand Forks traffic to die down. It <laughs> <laughs> gave it an escort. The first time I heard that, I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, they got to wait for your Grand Forks traffic to die down. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know. With all the cones out there, Grand Forks traffic is kind of silly. <laughs> so, anyways, happy to report that the moose is cool. And, uh, yeah, we've got a big uh, – we can get back to what's at hand here with uh, NDSU coming Absolutely. up. Absolutely. So, thanks again for your time. Uh, BW – well, they don't call it BW3 here. See, I always, no, I always get that – 
Is that the kids still call it? See, when I was in college in Michigan, yeah. BW3 is what they called it. So that's what yeah. I want to call it all the time. But everybody around here, it's B-dubs or Buffalo Wild Wings. So if I say BW3, this is what I mean. I, I'm not trying to, you know, misrepresent what Jeff and his great team do for us here in Grand Forks. Yeah, but, uh, you've been opening the doors early. Yeah, they take care of us. They're a good, good group. So come on by, stop by here in Grand Forks. Uh, maybe catch us every once in a while. We're going to try and do this uh, a couple times a month at least. Um, to uh, just kind of keep things fresh here as uh, we have a competing cop podcast, the Bill Chaves podcast. He uh, he wrangled one of our guests here earlier. So Yeah. But uh, we're, we're on a different level yeah, than we're him. We're he's going to be more behind the scenes, X's and O's. We're, we want to know how you know how to say Clemson. Right. So yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do in a sport where you can't just stand there on the sidelines and yell faster, faster, Apparently faster. you just run. It's yeah. wild. And it might be pronounced yogging. So. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and, and obviously we had to ask her too. You know, well, what's a week like? Thinking maybe you and I missed something <laughs> big in life, and we're doing it wrong. Yeah, you just run. No. Nope. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, appreciate those uh, coaches for their time, and we'll wrap things up by letting you know more about the Wing Tuesdays. They are the new Monday, and they're the worst. Buffalo Wild Wings. They want to help you get through it. That's why they're creating Wing Tuesdays with buy one get one free traditional wings. Let's crush this week together with Wing Tuesdays at Buffalo Wild Wings. What do you say? Let's eat. Let's eat.